This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation, welcome back to PTBN's NBA Team Podcast as we are now, finally, in the month of December, uh, things seem to be looking different. We're in the third month of the NBA season, Adam Murray, co-host, if you could believe that. And officially. Officially in the third season. In the third month. The third month of the regular season. Not oh, the third, the third month of the regular season. Are you season. saying it feels like three seasons? Or are you saying you're tired of doing this already? I'm saying it's like the third season for me because I was here for the opening and then I left. Yeah, and then I came back for like two weeks, and then I yeah, you were on the jet lag, and you basically, you know, gave me a bunch of pop quizzes about how everything was going. <laughs> how, well, how, was... Do you, how do you feel now? Now that you've actually kind of like gotten re-Americanized, and you can actually watch your highlights instead of random aggregated stuff from India or wherever you were. Well, that was the thing. It was just like I'm going off box scores. Box scores don't really tell me anything. Oh, oh, hey, look, this guy had 20 and 10. Oh, yeah, but it was garbage time, so it didn't mean it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you you know, you thankfully, you um, got me back up to speed and was like, oh, yeah, this is what's happening. This is this and this is that. Mm-hmm. And all I was like, look, from the box scores, all I see is Charlotte is trash, right? And mm-hmm. then you're like, yeah, that's about the one correct assessment. And then Gordon Hayward fractured his shoulder. And, and his wife was – I think his wife was mad and put the Charlotte Hornets on blast because they – like they, I think he had a bad shoulder, but they played him a few games and then he fractured it. Something like that. It doesn't matter because he's just made of glass and always has been made of glass. And yeah, it's one of those things. You feel bad for Charlotte because he has thirty-one million dollars next year. He's due, so they can't really dump him. And I don't think this is a Chandler Parsons where it's like, oh yeah, he's medically disqualified. I don't think that's what's going to happen. They're going to have to. They're going to have to either eat that money or find a way to dump him. But no one wants that last year of salary. So well, some yeah, nobody's. You never know because. In 24, the cap is supposed to take that big, huge jump. So, Correct. hey, an extra 30 million would help somebody like Golden State or something. Or it, it's um, there, yeah. There, there's I, I agree with you about the box scores. Not always like you know what I do miss sometimes, Adam. Like when I see highlights, like I was catching up highlights this morning, and highlights don't like I I I kind it's you know we all watched inside stuff we're both from the 90s as kids and you know you like to remember like the really cool moments they don't always reflect like on the the box score doesn't show you oh who had a really cool dunk like the one Miles Turner had on Jaden McDaniels like uh the one good thing about NBA Twitter I know NBA Twitter has its like faults but um I do like the fact that it kind of keeps you up with what's memeable <laughs> if that makes sense well, the thing about box scores, you don't know how dominant like Jokic is or how much of a beast on the defensive end Embiid is. It's just like, oh, yeah, he scored 30 and 20. It's like, well, but no, he, you know, you don't get any context. And then, yeah, he got 10 rebounds. That's good. And the scoring is so high now that you could see team, you could see players go to 37 and they didn't really make a dent. Like, you know, we, we have some I, I saw this one game where, uh, you know, DeRozan had like a 29 point game. Well, it doesn't matter because Devin Booker had a 51 point game. Well, yeah, know? like look at Durant. Durant hasn't been by any accounts this year like a game changer. Oh, he's no, still but he had that points. one. 
I will say this about Durant. He had an unbelievable game against the uh, the Magic. I know it's the Magic, but he went 19 for 24 for 45 points. Yeah, but it's just, you know, the box score doesn't tell you really anything. So uh, uh, let, me, let, me, let me give you a hot take. Is Avika Zubach the next Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? No. <laughs> He put a stat line that I think had some one of the one of the stat muse things said it was the first stat line they had seen in the uh, NBA regular season since Kareem. It was uh, 31, 29, three, uh, three blocks and 14 out of 17 from the field. So that was against Indiana like Zubac having a great year. I think he's one of the league leaders and I don't think he's leading the league in rebounds. If not, he's close. But the Clippers are just, you know, they're good. They're climbing up the standings that, you know, but they, they, they still do these DNPs with George and Leonard when they want to. And when they don't play, they kind of look like trash. It's, it's been kind of uneven with the Clippers. The, the Lakers are trying to make something of it all. Like they're No, because the Lakers played the Spurs, I believe, three times. I know, I know, but they are starting, they are playing better is what I'm trying to say. You know, Westbrook is the sixth man, and Anthony Davis had a couple, like we talked last episode about the one he had against the Suns, but he like he had another one against uh, the Bucks where he, on ESPN, where he looked, he basically outdueled Giannis. It was pretty amazing. So well, it was like we said, you know, with these teams, yeah, sometimes you need the extra time to figure out your rotation and figure out everything, and that's what the Lakers had to do. Well, this doesn't work. Let's move Russ. So who do we get to fill his spot? And then, okay, now they were never going to be like as bad as San Antonio and the lower. Like lower you didn't tier. believe they were going to finish 14th or 13th. Like they started is what you're trying to say. No, we were every, you know, the consensus was, oh yeah, they'll be like ninth. You know, they'll mm-hmm. be in the eighth, ninth playing game. They're not going to, you know, wow anybody and be first, but they're not going to also be 21st. In the- I think they're, well, their offense was like decrepit. To, to start now the Clippers are still in the decrepit territory that's I think one of their biggest issues despite their defense being good well, for the Clippers it's just the DNPs and it's just like yeah I agree well, is that. you know what 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 is up with Kawhi what is up with Paul George are they well, just DNPs uh, or they're another another small tidbit about that uh, Luke Kennard's been hurt a lot you know, and Kennard's kind of a gunner for them you know so and you know I was hoping that Amir I said in the predictions phase that I was hoping Amir Coffee would play great he hasn't um, you know, Reggie Jackson is sort of kind of going back to the mean of what he was instead of those two career years he just had. So there's sort of Norman Powell's been good. Like I, I see the potential there. They're they're back up they're They've crept back up to a winning record right now. They're seventh in the in the West. But the West is still a little clumpy. I could see a little bit of separation going on at the top. Uh, we could just kind of talk about the Suns and the Celtics uh, in the in the east side like do you feel like do you feel safe about those two teams I, I know they were the same teams that were kind of in the top of the their conferences respectively last year but do you feel good about the Suns in the west and the Celtics being at the top of their conferences when we get to the end of this season well let's just before we get back to the Suns and okay and that isn't sort of the west just sort of as you expected it with the exception of Sacramento. Um, I'm not surprised about the parody. The only one that does still surprise me, even though you might have some reservations, is that the Warriors being a middling team. The Warriors a middling team, but month and Utah, a half in surprises me. Utah's Utah a shot. is gone from being good to okay. No, but, they're, they're, but because they started so hot, they're still in a winning record. Yeah, phase. but they're, they're heading south. 
And then the mm-hmm. only one who's really sort of holding their own in this is Sacramento, who we, you know, like we said, there, there's this weird energetic team and you can't put your finger on like the beam. Have you seen the beam? Finally, you mentioned that and I finally took time to like, OK, let me go find it. And, uh, <laughs> it's funny, huh? It, it's it's, you know, you got to try something. Well, I mean, I'll just do a very quick dive. Like, you know, one of the things that's really helping the Kings, um, I did already mention that Sabonis is playing defense. Uh, he had a really good game on the most recent one I saw against the Clippers, um, a PG-less Clippers. But um, Malik Monk off the bench is having like a career year. That's what I think is what's going on. Him and Fox, it was like maybe they just... Those Keegan Murray finally had a good game, you know, and I'm not trying to poo-poo on Keegan Murray like he's been a decent rookie he's just he hasn't had the breakouts like Matherin and uh well he Powell. hasn't been a focal point he's just sort of right, been right, there right. and yeah you know you're the garb you know you're starting so you're good enough to be there off the bat but you know you're just gonna be the essentially the fifth option on that team yeah they were they had a seven game winning streak then they lost three in a row to the Hawks the Celtics and the Suns all, all I would safe to say good teams then they then they bounce back with some wins against the Pacers and the but you know it's funny the the Suns are at top but you know the the, I don't want to say they're as dominant as everybody else does they're shooting more threes they still have that balance that they had last year but uh, the thing that was killed that I think the thing that did them in Adam was that they didn't take a lot of threes they didn't get to the free throw line a lot they were sort of an old school traditional NBA team that um that just won a ton of regular season games. And then they played a team in the playoffs that was sort of more sideways where they took a lot of threes in Dallas and Dallas just got them in that fourth, in that seventh game. They're also doing most of this. I want to say without Chris Paul, Chris Paul, I want to say hasn't played since like late November with a hamstring issue. There's other rumors why Chris Paul is not playing right now, but we're not going to get into that. (laughs) Chris Paul's doing some extracurriculars, but it's yeah, campaign is sort of, filled the gap which he hasn't done ever yeah. in his career. And remember kind of? John, Johnson. So he has he's been good. Yeah. But you it's know. funny, right behind them, just one game back is Denver and New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans is, you know, like uh, it, I I didn't really bring them up in the last episode cuz I felt like it was listless. Uh how even though they were winning games, I didn't feel like there was anything notable. Zion's had put on put in the work for the last week like he's had a couple big time performances i think he had one where he had i can't remember. now listen uh one of them was i know they played the thunder and the spurs in two of those games since we last talked but one of them was against the raptors and i think the raptors are a good team you know especially when siakam's healthy which he the is raptors are a good team but right now a newbie is the they're their guy you said a newbie, <laughs> like it's a new guy. It's on an <laughs> that's that's his new name on the NBA team. A newbie, OG, a newbie. Uh, but um, yeah, Siakam's back. On uh, an I think he's still the leader in steals in the league, and um, they're just they're doing okay. Uh, Chris Boucher's got had had some big time performances, but anyways, the Pels played the the <laughs> Raptors at home in one of those games, and they 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 beat them up pretty good. And the main reason was Zion. Zion just took over the game. You know, so he's starting to get in that point where he's not doing like 24 and 8 every night. Now he's getting like 30 and 10 and 5 assists. Now he's starting he to. He has that Embiid. No, I really am this good. Don't label me an injury bust. That's a, that's a really good comparison because Embiid was getting criticized before he had the 59 point game against the. Uh, um, the Jazz. So that's a good that's a good comparison point. Um, and then they speaking had. Some, of, yeah. Speaking of random big performances. uh. 
Simons, Portland had 45 points. Yeah, he had a good one. Um, I don't think Lillard's back. I heard uh, this show drops on Tuesday, so I think he'll be back by the time this where people hear this. So um, it does show that with, I mean, it's not surprising, Adam, that without Lillard, the Blazers are a little less good. I mean, come on. It's a superstar. But um, they're still there. Like, but they, well, it, but it was so other close. guys, it was so Jeremy close in the Grant. Good. Oh, go ahead. Well, Jeremy Grant has been that, well, I want to sort of be a focal point. I want to be a number two guy, you know, and be a number one option sometimes. Okay, you get Delta Portland. Oh, he's fitting in and he's, you know, still overachieving like he's been. I, I still cannot believe he got 28 free throw attempts in a game against the Knicks. I cannot believe that. If you look at the history, the only other ones were Hackers or Shaq that got that many free throw attempts in a game. Yeah, that when was... When I say, um, for those who don't know, when I say Hackers, I mean... You have a big man who is on the court a lot because he's like a defensive guy and a role man, but he's also renowned for being a bad free throw shooter. So they purposely fouled them over and over again until the two minute mark where you anybody if anyone's fouled away from the ball, you can choose anyone to shoot the free throw. So DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard, they like had a bunch of games where they had like well over 20 free throw attempts because they were such bad free throw shooters to try to chop into the lead Uh, used to be called hack a shack. But those were the ones where they got super high. But yeah, Jeremy Grant had 28 free throw attempts in a in a game <laughs> in overtime against the Knicks. Just nuts. But okay, so now moving back to your East. Yeah. Um, the problem with the East is Celtics are running away now. That's the thing, though. Uh, oh, Brown and Tatum are the best duo in the league. Tatum was the East Player of the Month. I'd say he deserved it. I know Giannis was awesome to start the season, uh, like in the October part of it, but. Tatum's been awesome. He had a he had a forty nine point game against uh, who was it? Uh, you could help me out. Um, just recently, Tatum had a forty nine point game where uh, he just he just took over. I can't. I can't remember either. That's the funny part because I know he had fifty earlier this year. It was uh, it was those, Miami. It, it was Miami, and they had a double header in Miami. That's why I was. That's why I was gonna be like, it was Miami. No, wait, they lost to Miami. It's like uh, this. <laughs> I don't get the scheduling this year where they're playing. Like, the double headers. The double headers, and why are you? Uh, we we had just mentioned the Lakers played the Spurs three times already. The Celtics already played the Heat three times. Like, I why are we Spurs, getting? I think the Spurs played the Thunder three times before December, before like Thanksgiving. It was like what? Like, <laughs> why are we getting all these series wrapped up? You know, this early. I thought it was COVID heavy, where they're just trying to limit travel. I thought that's what it was. You know, but maybe there's some other thing that the schedule masters looked into and said this would be easier for us. But, yeah, Celtics are 18 and five. They did have they did drop one against the Heat and then they lost to Chicago. But we did bring that up already. The the Chicago Bulls are the two teams that that seem to have their Joe Joe Missoula coach of the month. (laughs) But, yeah, the Celtics are on fire. They're getting Robert Williams back soon. Yeah, um, I saw that. And I'll tell you, it's we know why. I think anybody who looks at the metrics sees it why. The freak, it's the offense, stupid. Like, they're 122 in efficiency. That would be the greatest of all time. That would be better than the 21 now. Yeah, they've changed because under under Odoka, they were defensive. defensive and yeah. now they're terrible on defense. They're just going for that Golden State, you know, Phoenix, D'Antoni. Look, are they just, still doing that drop defense stuff or are they – drop zone are they still are they trying to are they switching like are they doing anything different on defense no they're just not like locking down they're just sort of like i don't want to say man zone but it's just like they're there but eh, we're not going to try too hard 
Yeah, but the threes, holy cow. Like, I was looking at the metrics um, a few days ago just to kind of finish the month, and the Celtics were first in efficiency, points per game, three-pointers made, and three-point percentage, which is insane. That means that there is not a single offense in America that's better than yours in any way, shape, or form, you know? Yeah, no, the Celtics are on fire. Um, you mentioned Milwaukee. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and the, the Cavaliers are still. Yeah, um, Kevin Love being out is hurting them a little bit with their depth. But I think they're going to be. And also, Jared Allen's got a back injury. But they're still playing well. Evan Mobley's been scoring more. Uh, he's been really good. And who's been quietly getting better? Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, Durant, you bring up, brought up Kyrie Irving is just kind of trucking along. Kyrie, you know, uh, Ben Simmons, when he's not injured, which he seems to be injured a lot, he's giving solid stat like. Did you, you this- did you see that dive tap pass? Yeah, that was really sweet. I'll give him that. Man, he's got good. He's just got good like sixth sense type of vision. But like, you don't need him to be. Well, he's not shooting threes. Well, he's a six ten point guard. He's not supposed to be a point guard. If you did, yeah. you know, if you just say, well, he can, why isn't he Ben Wallace? He's just sitting there getting garbage shots, great court vision. Oh, well, that's a lot yeah. different. Well, no, he's a point guard, uh, but they're quietly getting better. And one five out of six, uh, the one team that they've that's given him trouble. But there's this team that we're uh, that that beat him also is still has a winning record. Surprisingly, is uh, Indiana. I don't think we brought this up because I think we recorded the day of. But um, Andrew Nemhard hit a wild. Uh, game-winning three against the Lakers. Um, are you surprised by the Pacers? Yeah, especially since Turner and Heald will probably be dealt. Um, you the- would say that, but if they're winning games and Rick Carlisle's got them motivated, maybe they're going to try to add something. You know? Yeah, but Turner's an expiring deal. He is. And he's gone. So they're not going to... They they need something for him. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to do that, swing that somehow three-way trade with Orlando where they get Mo Bamba and yeah, the rule of thumb, the NBA now is you never get, you never get stuck holding and expiring ever anymore. Like ever. Yeah. Cause yeah. if he's expiring, well, why didn't you lock him up early as players are signing like three years in advance now? Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing. But, um, <clears throat> there was actually an extension that was just agreed to. I, th- I think it was Horford. I think Horford. Yeah. Horford's just like, look, I'm going to retire here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just odd to have a midseason signing when there's no, like, deal put the pen to paper. But I guess he's just happy. You know, what? good for him, you know? Well, he's, been- it, it, he's A, he's super old. B, his skills are declining. And, um, well, I just want two years. Give me $10 million per. Yeah, but I think that's. I think that's the narrative in the East. I think you hit it on the head. Like, there's just these creepers, like the ones that struggled early, and they're just kind of like fighting back in it. Miami, too. Bam Adebayo's had some really, really good games over the last few weeks. Miami always comes back with the, we're not dead yet. Right. Don't forget about us. But then you watch them, like, four out of five times, like, they suck. And then, yeah, like, uh, well, listen, the the doubleheader against the Celtics is a perfect example. They look lifeless against Jason Tatum. Then they beat him. And Jimmy Butler is doing exactly what he did in game six in the East finals in in the game after that. He's just making plays and they go to overtime. They have a great game and they win on the road. So, like, it's almost like a bipolar type of team. The Bucs are just, you know, they're doing their thing like you brought up. Um, Chris Middleton's back. Um, he, he, he's Chris Middleton. He can shoot, you know, but, um, you know, Giannis is, I mean, I, I, I don't really have any, I don't have any superlatives left for Giannis. He just, he just dominates games, you know? 
he is still at another level that I people just want to, you know, they always want to hate on him. They want to hate on greatness. You hate on LeBron. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, you know, hated on Kobe and because it's just the nature of the game. But like you, you see the numbers he puts up by the end of it, barring an injury, he will have every category. He's insane. I mean, speaking of uh, grabbing historical categories, LeBron passed up Magic Johnson for the uh, the all time assist mark. I don't I'm not I'm not really good. I haven't kept the track of like when he would pass up Kareem. It looks like he's going to do it this season. Am I saying that right? Um, Is it close? Like he needs 900, something like that. He needs a lot. I know. And yeah, right. He, now that he's taking um uh now that he's taking games off, he's getting injured more. It's not that um not that no, but easy. when he when he's healthy and he gets a good matchup, he he still gets like those like twenty, twenty eight, seven and seven type of games. Like he can still really do it, you know? He could, but like I said, he's it's slowing. AD, it, to me it's AD's team. When A D takes over, the Lakers are good. That's how I feel when watching them. Um, he the yes, th- he's nine hundred points, like you said. Okay. Um, he, he can do it this season, but it'll be hard. It, it's not going to be the, hard. He just needs he to might play do the it games. in the playoffs if he's in the playoffs. Well, regular season. Yeah, but the playoffs count. Am I right? I believe that's a separate. I believe regular season points is a its own separate stat. You just blew my fucking mind. <laughs> So you're telling me all those playoff games Kareem played in did not go to that number? Nope. LeBron has the lead in playoff points already. Kareem is third behind Michael Jordan already. Adam, you can talk while I stare outside this window and contemplate my life because I never knew that about NBA basketball. <laughs> um, speaking of big points, um, the 30 game club, we're still at 30 point per game club. We're still around six players. Like Doncic, Tatum, Giannis, Curry. Curry's still kind of trucking there. Devin Booker is starting to climb up there after that 50-point game. Embiid hasn't played enough games officially, but he's at 31. And he just came back, so I would assume he's going to jump into that fray. So, Yeah, he, he will, but you know who also is in the top 10 of all-time points? Who? Carmelo is number nine. Yeah, did, did he sign with somebody? No. <laughs> um, yeah, the only other 30 guy that I didn't bring up was is uh, SGA. I mean, he just gets to – I'll tell you what his secret is. He just gets to the free throw line all the fucking time. Like, he gets 11 to 12 free throws made a game every single time. I look at the stats. It's a, He's he's awesome. He's just an awesome player, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> the Thunder are sliding, like you said, about the Jazz, you know? Like, the cream always rises to the top. The thing that, just like I already said, surprised me with the Warriors is that if the cream rises to the top and you're the defending champions, why aren't you back in the top five already in the rankings? Yeah, but it's the same thing every year where Orlando always used to be start off hot and then fade already. And Orlando yeah. still rocking the one point guard four center lineup. Yeah, well, bull bull. MIP. He, it's a nice story to see him back and and healthy. And you know he did his one year at Oregon, got injured there, slid to the second round. Never played for the for the Nuggets and and Rob Perez, who's the Twitter master of NBA Twitter, like he loved Bo Bowl. So when he got dumped, he was kind of sad. Now he's popped up with Mobamba 
in Orlando, and they both have had games where they sort of take over, but Bull Bull has had, he has these sequences where he'll like block a shot, walk up half court, and then just take a three and make it like, his potential is insane. Like when you watch it. But like, that's why like when you, you know, when we mention Victor, uh, Wembayana, you, I was like, this is Bull Bull. If Bull Bull, you know, put, well, didn't yeah, get but- injured. Yeah, but Weminyama looks stronger. I, I know they're playing. He's playing against Boy Scouts in the in France, but he looks stronger, and his wingspan is even longer than Bobols. That's the and that's point. what they want. You know, they think Chet Holmgren will be, which would be funny if if Victor goes to, um, okay, see, okay, okay. like they're just gonna like all you need to do is put a legit set. Everybody should be like, I'm just going to draft like an old school European seven foot guy who's slow, and he'll get like a hundred points against those two sticks. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's also kind of interesting to look at now, Carl Towns did go out with a calf injury for four to six weeks. The, I don't, I'm not surprised that the Wolves are sliding. They've lost four of, four of their last five. I mean, when you don't have Towns, I know people poo-poo on Cat, but without him, you're not as good of a team, obviously. Anthony Edwards can't do everything by himself on offense. But, like, the other trend I've seen in the league is that I don't know if this is more of an organizational thing where they're like, listen, I know you got some time off for Thanksgiving. We sort of like wrap, we, we gave you this phony like injury, like, oh, your foot hurts, your back hurts. But we really need to start racking up wins before Christmas. So we're starting to see these things like Embiid is back. We're probably going to see Michael Porter Jr. back really soon. Desmond Bain will probably come back from his injury. Um, there's a couple that um, uh, we just talked about Middleton already, like, are you starting to get the sense, Adam, outside of the Clippers who see, still seem to be preaching patience with George and, and Kawhi that a lot of these teams are sort of like, we need to get at full strength so we can rack up some wins? Well, I think it's because it's the December 15th contracts to be traded again. Okay. And you all it takes is one desperate team to be like, we need to swing a big deal. And, you know, you could already see, like, Miami and Toronto, like, they seem to you be... see the rumors, yes. Like if you go to the rumor mill, you see them. Like, oh, uh, they might get they might get Kyle Kuzma. Oh, they might get Jay Crowder. Yeah, their names yeah. are involved in a lot of things, and you just don't. You know, it, it's it's one of those you have. If there's smoke, there's fire. Like, well, there if their names are being linked to everybody, that means they're just making general calls. And well, well, if they're calling about this guy, let's like you don't hear people going. You know, Memphis is in trade talks, like because they're. Kind of not. No, so I if, think I think all the teams are in trade talks in some informal shape. In some informal way, way but yeah. if, you know, one team is making sort of more than others, well, anonymous executives, like, you know, I'm getting a lot of calls from Toronto about random things. Yeah, but it's no different from, like, February or July or August where um, you, like, yeah, just, if, if you're in the rumor mill and you hear the same name different times throughout a week, you know something's happening. Like, I heard Gary Trent Jr.'s name more than once, you know? So now you know, oh, the Raptors might be willing to part ways with Gary Trent Jr. for something. Yeah, teams are, let's get up and running for now so we don't give, you know, we don't want our GM to be like, I'm going to start shaking things up here. Yeah, that would be that would be right on the precipice of when we when we reconvene. So we might not have anything yet because of the guarantee not being set in place. Like, uh, give me one which, that you give me one. Well, before you do it, give me one that you would say like early on they might just go ahead and say let's just flip this. Jay Crowder. Well, Jay Crowder hasn't played, so it's not really. I the mean, fact they, they haven't found a deal for him is yeah. 
Like, it, I don't understand. You're, you're sitting a perfectly healthy guy. And, well, well we still have standards and want to get a good it, deal. And why are you smell, still? It smells like politics around the Cam Johnson contract issue. I think that's what a lot Yeah, is. and he was, he's hurt that he's not starting. And it's just, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, go ahead. You know, you were, you were better than that. Um, obviously, always Indiana, always... Um, Toronto is in the name. Miami's in the in the news. Uh, San Antonio. The, the Knicks are the Knicks are the Knicks. Like they're they're mediocre again. They have good games. Randall. Randall. Well, they, they, they're good they, when Randall doesn't take too many shots. Is my opinion. But they That's are who they are. Obi Toppin gets 14 minutes a game. They still have their hard rotation. They're still doing. You know, if Brunson and R.J. Barrett sort of just been there, he hasn't really. Yeah, he hasn't had the breakout. He got the contract, but he hasn't. He got the contract, but it's sort of Brunson is becoming, you know, the focal point. I think when I looked at their metrics, like the thing that's killing them, they can't make threes. They just cannot make threes. That's what's killing them. And that's the same thing that's killing Minnesota, which is funny. You think they would just be like, we are just going to sign, you know, the best three-point shooter in the G League right now. We're just like Kyle, like, you know, uh, how... Philly utilized Kyle Korver. Oh, he just shoots threes. So we're just going to put him in the corner, have mm-hmm. him shoot threes for 20 minutes a game. Yeah, I don't that's think... the problem with Minnesota is they have no spacing. And once Towns goes out, nobody's shooting threes. The problem, I think, with designated gunners like, you know, Korver, I think uh, Korver may have been an underrated defender in his best days. But, like, I would say he was more of just like a three-point specialist. Three-point specialists, I think, today in the NBA, they're being asked to do just a little bit more. They need to be a little more physical because they have defenders that are smarter at jumping at you, more athletic defenders that they, they could throw around. So, like, you know, like Joe Harris. Joe Harris can rebound. That's why he can stay on the court. You know, so I don't know if you can just have a great my, – my long story is, like, I don't think you can have – a three-point specialist who is only good at making threes anymore is my is my take. But if you have a team that can't shoot threes, like the Lakers, like Minnesota, like the Knicks, mm-hmm. you ha- it's better than having all these Nothing. guys who can't shoot threes. Right, I, I agree with that. I mean, you got to have something. But like, if you're Corey Kispert and you can't do anything but make threes, you're not going to get on the court. You got to play defense. You can't play defense. Oh, you got to play defense. The plus minus is going to crash and burn, and the coach ain't going to want to play you, you know? Well, instead, you have, you know, a guy who plays D, but nobody can shoot, and you have, you know, um, Edwards, who's not passing to Gobert. Yeah. We're seeing that that imbalance with Memphis. Like, Memphis is good. We haven't even brought them up. Like, they're fourth, but – you know, they were like they were like an awesome steals and blocks team. Their blocks are going back up now that Jaron Jackson Jr. is back, but their steals are like way down. But that's because they're, two... they're they're going they're teetering to the offensive side, you know? Well, they're a two season team because the first half of Jack oh, Jackson, you had La Riviera and um Um Yeah, well Bain was healthy and then he got well, went down with the Yeah, toe. but you had his replacements who were doing really good. Um mm-hmm. Sante Aldama. Those two. Yeah. And then all of a sudden yeah. Jackson comes in. Well, he's an offensive focal point. So you have to shift, you know, the dynamic around. Right. Yeah. So you have two guys who are just sort of the, the, the hustle rebounder, defensive energy guys. And you're replacing that with the, with a star. You have Mor- to. It's a big piece there's one thing that's scary about Morant is that I think I brought this up last show. I'll, but I'll just repeat the point. 
his offense is amazing. He's he got, he had an incredible reverse layup against the Knicks. Um, that was like one of the highlights of the week. But his defense, I mean, he has he, that superstar up. He gets the blocks. He gets the steals. He gets the highlights. But the the, the overall defensive plus minus for the Grizz squad when when Jaws out there is not great and you you want to see a little bit better than that let's see how they do with Zaire Williams coming back and stuff um let me ask you this one this is random but I just wanted to throw it at you um when Patrick Beverly got suspended three games for pushing a center (laughs) knowing how small Patrick Beverly is I think that was a little harsh no because he has a history of it it's a reputation suspension I get it we you know, I, we had this discussion at work. It's like, I don't blame him for it because you always need that enforcer on the team. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the suspension is warranted. His his play is dirty. The same thing with, you know, Markeith Moore, Marcus Morris, his entire career. Yeah. Um, you know, Rashid. You need those players to to do some dirty work. Yeah, so I, I, the one I always remember, yeah, it's, when I was it's, in college, the player who was that was Dante Jones. Dante Jones was the guy who went there and did dirty. Work. I just remember, uh, was it Cheney at Temple? It's like, we're going to send in a goon. A goon to like start breaking arms and stuff. Yeah, and that's, the hockey's the same thing. You have the enforcer on the fourth line who's, who has no problem going in, getting the 10-minute penalty. I think, I, think the, I think the greatest goon specialist ever was probably Bruce Bowen with the Spurs. He was literally on the starting lineup of an NBA championship team. And he couldn't do anything but shoot threes because he was dirty. <laughs> what about Bill Ambeer? Uh, Bruce Bowen was more of a specialist at being just dirty. Bill Ambeer was a good offensive player, man. But Bill Ambeer was the like the the, the stereotypical. <laughs> yeah. He was the white stiff who always you know you just, he, you know, yeah. he doesn't go out for real. He'll punch you in the face. That's yeah, the I mean we haven't seen out. too much. We, I mean I've seen a few skirmishes, but nothing major outside of the Beverly Aiton incident. Aiton like kind of quietly well, because that requires playing defense, <laughs> and nobody's really doing that right now. Well, anyways, Aiton. He's kind of breaking out on the on the back end. I know a lot of people talk about Booker as the MVP candidate and stuff because he's having breakout games, but like um Aiton is starting to look like what his contract is. Like he's he's a stud. He Phoenix is slowly getting over the, the turmoil and everything. So Yeah, the summer that, stuff. Yeah. That is a good thing. So um we are we are finally back to a normal Normal scheduled road, yeah. you know, <laughs> it only took us to December to let's get back to normal. Right. Yeah. Like, um, is there anything you're kind of looking for? I, I want to see the Sixers at full strength again, uh, especially now that they've really built up some decent play out of like Tobias again and shake Milton. Like, no, I want to see nothing from Philly. I cannot. For I just, Philly. I just think they were a good team just waiting in the wings who got off to a bad start. That's my take on that. One. I, I'm still on my, you, you, Blatantly, you are the blueprint of tanking for the sake of tanking. Mm-hmm. And now let's just buy all these superstars. And I cannot cheer root for Harden at all anymore. Uh, do you see any? I, I don't think he's played a game yet. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Kemba Walker as a backup. Do you think that's going to make a difference in Dallas? It's better than having absolutely nothing. He, you know, he was a sieve in. New York, but did you see that quote that came out of an interview with Nico Harrison, the GM of the Mavericks, where he basically admitted, yeah, his knees are done for. Yeah. Yeah. He fell off. You know, he's the second 
fastest fall off since. You know the thing. Well, the thing about debilitating injuries is that they're very, especially with management trying to protect their brands of their players and their clients. Like you never hear those stories until well after the fact. I wonder if that's the case with Russell Westbrook. I wonder if there's something going on where his his knees or his you know his his he's got some kind of injury that's really he does have a ton of mileage on him, but it's also attitude. Kemba. Was the I'm still going to be a starter, but you physically can't play anymore. If he comes in, um, going, yeah, let me be the 15 minute guy. Look at uh, Blake Griffin, shot completely. He's just, I will come in, I will play 10 minutes, I will teach the young guys how to play defense. I'm going to sh- share, you know, share my knowledge. If Kemba, you know, Derek Rose did the same thing, sort of in New York, I will transition from that superstar to being a coach on the bench and helping young people. Yeah, I think the non-basketball side's important. Like Dwight Howard had I'm not I'm not deep diving into this story, but he had an issue that was going on with him personally when he was in Washington and he wound up on the outs. Well, he signed with the Lakers, and when he signed with the Lakers, he embraced being like a big man off the bench who did dirty plays and got rebounds and blocked shots. And he turned it into like a one-year deal with the Sixers. Then he went back to LA. I know he's in, um, in uh, Japan or China now, but like his, he, he turned it into something because he turned his attitude around. I'm not trying to say that Russell Westbrook didn't turn his attitude around. He's supposedly like a front runner for the sixth man of the year. How? I don't fucking know. But, <laughs> but you know, like you got to make something out of your last year of your deal. If you want to get, but you something. need to say, I will be willing to come off the bench. I right, will. Right. A lot of it is attitude, especially with the old age. And uh, look at Hortford. Yeah, I'll just take $10 million, which is nothing in today's NBA. I know I'm going to be the bench guy. I'm going to, I want to be part of the team. Yeah, but then when you get to the playoffs, especially with a player like a Hortford who's experienced in that vein, like that's enormous because you you get one day off every other game, maybe even two. And you just need that one good performance to bail you out. And if Horford can do it for you, it's a godsend. Whereas you have these, like, this is what I was saying about the Suns. You have these guys that are chugging out awesome regular season performances um, to keep winning games and and doing it and doing it and doing it. But then when you get to, uh, and then you get that big win, that big record at the end, like a 60 win record or whatever. But then when you get to the playoffs, these people are, they're just role players. They're role players who have never been in this situation. Maybe the fact that they did get blown out in that game seven gives them the motivation to play better in the playoffs. Like the Bucks did when they got blown out in the bubble. Well, you know, things happen. I think the Celtics are different because they are the defending Eastern Conference champions and their offense is even better than it was before. So there I'm starting to get that that front runner status on the East side with, with Boston. Maybe I'm overreacting. Cause I know that we're, it's not that far apart. Like I think the bucks are only like two games off, but they're like a game and the bucks. But are... I just got a feeling the Celtics going to shoot in the stratosphere. If they go on another winning streak and the other East teams start kind of dropping games normally is, is what I'm trying to say. Well, I think this... they got a game on ABC against the Warriors. Uh, it's ABC. Up... So ABC only plays six teams for the entire yeah, season. Well, well, not only that, college football is out of the way. The Monday night football schedule is clearing up really soon. I I totally forgot, Adam, that they added another week of NFL football, like another game. I totally forgot. It's now 17 games. Well, as a Saints fan, it was season was over in week three when you're like, <laughs> oh, this is a bad team. 
Why just kind of over in preseason? But, where but long story like, short, since you don't have regular season college football anymore, now you got to you got to put something on the national spotlight. So yeah, we get an ABC game. Uh, I think the Celtics are going to try to show up the Warriors. To be honest with you, I think it's going to be one of these. Uh, yeah, you beat us for the title, but we're way better than you now. So peace out, assholes. Like I think that's what kind of game we're going to get in Golden State. We'll see. All right. Well, with are you that... are you enjoying the World Cup? Even though you're not traveling abroad anymore, you're watching abroad. <laughs> I always, I am done. Well, when you get to the, this is, you know, the, like the, when you reach the elite eight and you reach the, the sweet 16, it's like, oh yeah, it's all the good teams. I don't want to see, you know, oh, look, it's UCLA and Kansas and Duke. It's like, oh yeah, all the teams we completely expected. It's the early rounds where you want to see the upsets and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that. And that's a complete shock. But in the end you have, well, yeah, we know. Brazil should be in the final four. We know Argentina and we know France most likely will win it easily. Well, the, th- the, the, a lot of people felt like there was a lot of shocking upsets in the group play, the pool play of the world cup this, this time around. Like, is that normal? Uh, this year, this year had, yeah, some complete upsets, but like Argentina, oh, the biggest upset of all time. Yeah. But then they wound up winning the division quite easily. And they yeah, Messi got a goal in one of the games I saw. Yeah. yeah, they're in first place, and as expected, and oh my God, can you believe, you know, the U.S. tied England? Yeah, but England won their thing easily, and they expect to go far. You have, you know, the real stinkers were uh, Denmark and Belgium, who were the, you know, the... the well, Germany, sneaky... I, I think I picked Germany. I think Germany's out. You did pick <laughs> Germany, who did have a stinker as well, but I think Denmark was much of a bigger stinker. Uh, the refs gave also a couple games away, which... Okay. Um, th- this is... Soccer was the last sport to embrace um, off-site technology and... Okay. and you know, the refs are like, well, you could plainly see on the video this is wrong. And the refs are like, no, nah, it's fine. Yeah, you and I, um, we always joke about it in uh, the NBA. We call it Secaucus because the replay center is in Secaucus, New Jersey. So can you imagine, like, I know, listen, I know you work in sort of like a booth, like sometimes where you like a, like a, like a, like a board where you like, oh, we got to throw this to commercial and stuff. Can you imagine sitting in a truck or in a, in a conference room all night long during NBA basketball and you get a call or you get a random like signal saying, hey, we need you to look at this play. And if you get it wrong, because remember, they're the ones who determine it, the people at the replay center, not the not necessarily the referees all the time. Can you imagine being in a situation where you get a play and it's like, hey, if you get this wrong, it's going to determine the outcome of the game. <laughs> That's got to be kind of pressure inducing, huh? You would think so, but the NFL seems to get it wrong where you're like, this is slowed down. Because the refs looks- decide it. That's the freaking reason why. The refs are idiots and they don't want to admit they were wrong. But Sakakis, like, the thing is, you don't need four minutes to watch the same clip 50 times. You could sort of figure after the first time, here it is. Well, here's the play. Well, yes, you could see it's definitely a foul. Yes, let's, you could see it's definitely not a foul. Let's yes, back, you could see his foot's on the line. Let's go back to the World Cup. So they do replays in the World Cup? Yeah, they now have a uh, special, you know, uh, super foul, you know, big foul replays and okay. um, goals. Like if there's a penalty in the box for, for a you hand. Know, the, the, like, Secaucus will call down to the ref saying, perhaps you should take a look at it. The ref yeah. has the final call, but the ref, you know, 
the ref will hold up play for like a minute and he's like, yeah. am I going to hear from them? But you, but you got to feel like these people that are on the phone are saying, Hey, uh, this is kind of weird. What do you think? They're kind of not leaning them towards a judgment. They're just saying you may have gotten this wrong. No, they just say, take a look at it. Okay. Okay. They just say, they don't say it is, or it isn't. They say it's close enough that you should review it yourself. I think in college football, they actually like, uh, the conferences, they actually have like someone from the outside remotely say. Yeah, it's, this yeah. is yeah, this is wrong. And no, they that's, just... I, that's my feeling. Why college basketball? Re- I, I know we're deep diving. Who cares? We're at the end of the show. Um, the um, that's why I think the college basketball replays are the worst because they don't have like a conference center for any of these like different games because there's so many. So they just depend on the refs in this like hot gym with a bunch of fucking fans yelling at them to make this huge decision. And they're already bad referees as it is. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I think the problem is. I think NBA referees are good at their job, to be honest. I don't remember too many bad calls in the regular season so far, like ruining games, to be completely frank. The best part, the best thing a ref can do is just be even. Yeah, if are they gonna... bad in the playoffs? Yes. We've seen bad calls in the NBA playoffs, for sure. But be bad calls for both teams. Okay, you're calling it tight, so it's going to be a free throw bat. Don't give a you know free throw discrepancy 25 to 10. If yeah. you're going to let them play and be physical, let them both play and be physical. Yeah. That's all you well, can just say is the only, And the only other thing I take a issue with, like that Netflix documentary came out about Donahue. Here's my point. I don't can referees determine like spreads maybe, but can they determine the outcome of a game? No. Like some people are like, you know, they stopped um, calling that lean in foul. So no one does it anymore. And they, they no. here's what happened. The players realize it's not worth risking the injury to keep contorting your body over and over again like that. If the if the defender has the liberty to like throw their body at you, no, they're not going to get called for a foul anymore. So why even do it? You just do a shot fake. The thing with the take foul, you know why they don't do it? They don't want to piss off the other players for doing take fouls. That's why the players determine the flow of the games, not the referees is, is my point. Well, that was a couple years ago. Like, you know, well, the players aren't getting the calls. Then they learn to find the things that do get them calls. You don't just keep right. Well, they Harden's adapt. not getting his call. Well, yep. that's why because barreling into somebody and just throwing your hands up doesn't. It's just not effective anymore. No, the and they'll thing. find something new. There's probably some trend that's going on right now in with the way offense is shooting up the stratosphere that they're going to look at and say, eh, we might have to rein this in too many points. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, the flow of the game has been good. Like the scoring is still super high. Um, awesome. Like we already talked about how many awesome performances there've been. I, I kind of like the flow of it. I, I didn't mind last year when the game, when the scoring went down a little bit, but you know, it's been kind of fun. Um, uh, you're looking forward to some more conversation after this one. Well, we got, again, we're back on schedule. So we have is the world cup over by the time we talk. Um, the next time in two weeks. Yeah, it'll be over. It'll be over. Who's gonna win now? France. I always. You had Germany over Argentina, I believe. So no, you had, no, you had Germany over France, and they had Argentina winning third place. So mm-hmm. three of your four are still in there. So yeah. It, um, it, and who's who's gonna win the college football national championship? Georgia. Georgia and Michigan, you'd say. It'll be Georgia, and who cares? Because nobody else is as good as Georgia right now. I mean, we're LSU fans. Uh, Georgia destroyed LSU in the NFC. <laughs> okay, 
just destroyed them. But, but LSU I, didn't have a super team. They kind of overachieved. No, I, they're ahead of schedule. They're ahead of schedule, in my opinion. You know, I got so they they them. they did admirably. They, yeah. you know, upset team. You know, you, you, oh, it's Brian Kelly. It's Brian Kelly. It'll be like seven and six. And <laughs> no, they had a nice season. Um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Our season is going. We will be back. I believe our next taping is the finals of the World Cup. So yeah. Uh, It'll be done by the time we go. Yeah, you it's, can you you can scratch that itch the same way I do with college basketball. We can actually go back to doing our real jobs. <laughs> Talking about uh, NBA. Well, some distractions are nice, and yeah. having live live sports at five in the morning was also nice. Yeah, and also, we're that. in this uh, you know November since I mean November's over, but it's like that equinox time where it's like everything's going on. Like there's football, there's college football, there's college basketball. There's, it's it's a bit much. Bit much, you know. All right, for Andrew Reeves, I'm Adam Murray. Have a good one. Take care.